0: Today, we will be speaking with Victor Riccardi. He is currently at Tennessee Tech University as a part of the finance faculty. He has researched behavioral science for 25 years and published two books on investor and financial behavior. Additionally, he has a background as an accountant and financial planner. Hope you enjoy the talk. What do you think is the number one way that a beginner retail investor can remain rational?
1: Um, well, first of all, I think to recognize that most of us are not rational. And it doesn't mean that we're all crazy uh, with the, you know, and there are times when there are speculative bubbles during history and so forth, but really recognizing that there's just certain biases that we suffer from that cause us to make bad financial decisions many times. And and the way to actually, if you really can take a reverse a reverse engineer that kind of Is to put in place, and if you're talking about long-term investing, 10 years or more, putting in place strategies that when markets are are going up and down, and they're going to spur our emotions, that we put in strategies that are not emotional in nature, so we don't impulsively sell at the wrong time and buy at the wrong time. Yeah, we're way to to think about it when markets are going up, people don't worry about risk. So they keep on buying at higher prices. I would argue that people should, when when they're making money sometimes, there's there's not, and I'm not talking about trading, taking money off the table. In the last six to eight months, we've had the reverse where stock prices are going down, people have fear, and people become risk averse. This is the time when we should be buying because the prices are going down, you're getting more shares. And so biologically, we actually are are like uh, predispositioned to do things at our own peril in in a way to think about it. So what, what we really should be doing, when the market's going up, we should be taking some money off the table. When the market's going down, we should be buying.
0: So what should investors focus on? to control their emotions? Because obviously we all want to buy when we see that everyone else is buying, we all want to sell when everyone else is selling. But what should a retail investor do to control their emotions in these moments?
1: Well, what I would say is even more than your question is thinking about there's two aspects to control or there is a, what I would say, what we call a cognitive piece where it's a non-emotional piece, how we feel or process information. So for example, uh, there's some so for example is internal control and external control so if our personality is internally driven we feel like we can affect the outcome of something and that means we feel like uh, so if we're playing basketball or something we feel like the next shot is more likely to go in well that internal control it can be also used when we're tr- when we're investing in stocks and that results in trading because we, if, we have, if, if we have five good trades in a row, in which we make money, we feel like we can, it's more likely this, the income, is, the, the next outcome is going to cause the stock price to go up and we're going to make money, which is actually false. The other type of, ex, of external control, that deals with the ideas we just leave everything up to luck and society. The, and then the next piece of control is emotional. In which we all suffer from self-control bias and that deals with the idea is if you think about the part of the brain that likes music sex and music it also likes money and that causes that emotion part of the brain causes us also in the short term to be spenders rather than than savers in the future so even just trying to control our emotions works for, is difficult to do from because it's biological, but it also may be driven by our personality as well. And, and, and I think part of the first steps of all this is just educating people that they may suffer from some of these biases, but as well, I, it's not just all about financial behavior. I think the other, other missing link with retail investors is a lack of financial education. So if you tell somebody to be rational, there's a whole bunch of investment strategies that deal with rationality. But if people don't know what rationality is, but if they don't even know what basic investing is, they're just gonna make decisions based on emotion as well, if if that answers your question.
0: How do you see bias impact investors' decisions, more importantly, those who are new to investing?
1: I would say they're very much driven by even social media. Uh, if you look, um, so an example, this, this may, may be more application to your, to your viewership or listeners. Um, I would say, if you look at the last two years, you have these meme stocks in which people are going on Reddit, they're, you know, they're using, uh, they're investing things like uh, GameStop and they're investing or they're using brokerage accounts like Robinhood. And it's been great that more and more people are getting invested, involved in the stock market. But my concern is a lot of those people are, uh, are being driven by group psychology, mania and, and so forth. And so and when the market's going up, it's a, it's a fun time. Unfortunately, we have a a history of the financial crisis of 2008, the internet bubble of the late 1990s, Uh, even going all the way back to Holland in the 1600s, we have something called tulip mania. And what I would say is for beginning investors, I hear this all the time, especially with my students, is this is a new way of thinking, it's a new time. And I would tell you, no, it's not. Every time that they argue that it's a new time, a new paradigm, the behavior has repeated itself. And so I'm not saying that things aren't going to, you know, technology doesn't change things, but there is in the next hundred years, there's going to be more and more cycles of wonderful technology, but does that completely change how we're living our lives? Most of the time not. And so that's what people have to be very careful of is are people going to trade stocks and make a lot of money? But if you're, if you're doing meme stocks, even a little bit with the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency, my concern is there's nothing wrong with maybe putting money into those items, but the lack of financial understanding or education would, would also say most people don't understand what diversification is or portfolio. If you only had $10,000 and you wanted to put 10% of that into crypto or Bitcoin related items, that, that would be reasonable to me, 5 or 10%, just to start to build out a portfolio. And then maybe add stocks, mutual funds, um, even, and then maybe even some bonds, some international securities. My concern is that most people your age, is just, if they had $10,000, are just putting it all in crypto. And they're going in and out, or they're buying mean stocks, and they're going in and out. And that, that's not investing. That is trading, gambling, and speculation, and history shows it's. I don't mean I don't mean to be a naysayer, but history shows that it does not end up well. And even even Bitcoin and crypto, are, most of those categories of uh, of uh, investment classes, are down fifty percent the past year. So I think some people are experiencing that pain of that as well.
0: Do you think that there's a way where your retail investor can use bias to their own gain. They realize that a lot of people are using a very biased opinion, and they think, "Oh, because a lot of other people are doing this, the prices is going to go up. I can also jump in on this and make some money as well. Do you think there's situations where this is a good strategy
1: it, it, It's fine to be a good strategy, but you shouldn't be betting the whole portfolio so so even something I, so what I, what I do, for example, is I will take profits. So, so, for example, let's say hypothetically, I had $10,000 in an energy fund. If that energy fund went up 25% in three months, what would I do? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it would, and in six months, maybe that energy fund would have increased to $12,500. So, what I, what I would do, or what I have been doing, is I wouldn't sell the entire energy fund from the $12,500. I would sell $2,500 of it because I'm gonna take my profits on that. And then if I'm looking to diversify, I have then maybe eight to 10 other mutual funds in my IRA account. And I take that $2,500 and I spread it along those 10 other funds. And that helps build a a more diversified portfolio. But it's 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 not really a trading strategy. It's a it's a reallocation strategy in which you're just taking profits. And so the so yeah and so that's why even like there's nothing wrong with finding an investment and and that's why you just have to think more of an investment if if you think people are making wrong decisions about things, but are there fun, fundamental financial decisions that back it up? So so I, I look at a GameStop for example is. People are rushing in based on pure emotion and observing what an influencer is telling them online. Again, that's not investing. Um, If you you want to do that, you have to also be prepared to get out in time. And I just clarified, as I said, that is not investing. If you saw information that supported that GameStop all of a sudden is gonna turn around and be profitable, in two years, because of a new business model, that's a different argument, than that may be an investment strategy. I haven't seen anything. Um, my conclusion is more concerned: is GameStop is more of the future of what happened to Blockbuster Video than turn, a turnaround story from going to from mortar store, you know, brick and mortar stores to an online presence.
0: As time goes by, and investors experience losses. Do they continue to make the same mistakes? they become wiser and more rational.
1: And that's unfortunately, I, I think we've done a much better job the last 50, 20 years in behavioral finance on, on documenting the biases. But w- one of my colleagues uh, asked me, have you really changed investor behavior? I would say minimally. And it's unfortunate because um, there's something called the Delbar study, um, which th- they're a firm that tracks the performance of um, of mutual funds, essentially, or different types of securities, but th- they have data that they release every 10 to 20 years, uh, every year, and they look at 10 to 20 year increments of performance. And year in and year out, they find that the the average mutual fund investor putting money into a stock fund maybe makes about five and a half, six percent a year, and they, that's probably attributable to choosing the wrong funds, using the wrong advisors, not understanding the correct management fees, but also not understanding diversification, but also people lose patience with an underperforming mutual fund. So what do they do? They, they cash it out and they move it around. So that's why trading doesn't have to be just a stock in a day. Trading could still be okay. I invested in a mutual fund for three years, it hasn't, it hasn't performed as I like, and then people move out of it and then it moves up and they miss out on the returns. So I would say, unfortunately, we're still in a very, um, I'd say hopefully in the next, some of the next generation of research will uh, help to improve in, investor decision making and returns. Um, there has been some things like retirement accounts, where if you're talking about nudging, you automatically put people into retirement accounts now. It's in, it's increasing retirement savings, but it's not at this point necessarily, I would say, increasing performance or education because there's, there's not an investor piece with it. And and one, one thing to really emphasize is understanding history. It's not that we all got, you know, financially illiterate all of a is that many of these decisions over the last three generations have, have really become more available to us or required of us. Uh, and, you know, 60s and 70s, going back many years, people would stay at the same jobs. So the, the company would manage their retirement accounts and send them a check as part of a, of a traditional retirement plan. Now we all change jobs but also the 401k plan, the biggest deficiency in it is the idea that we were expected not to invest, invest for retirement on a yearly basis, but the average retail investor is expected to understand what an asset allocation strategy is. And they, you know, the idea that they they never that they expected to do that is the biggest part of the regulation. And um, the other thing is people have too much debt. The first credit card did not come out until like around 1958. So, the availability of credit, and because as I said earlier, we suffer from self-control bias, people are driven by overspending because of the availability and a lack of education about financial literacy.
0: So, you mentioned how, although there's been a lot more research in the past 20 years about behavioral finance, people are still not making the right decisions. So what do you think it's going to take to make people more rational and make people better and smarter investors?
1: Um, I, I would say, well, th- there are people, there are, I would say there's a cohort of people. It's all determined by personality. Uh, if you have an interest in finance and you have a, a nice temperate personality, I would say there's a, a, a minority of people who are making good decisions. So I don't want to think that everybody's not making good decisions. There are some people, whether it's you know, before or after behavioral violence, there are people who just it, even, uh, but even myself, I think it takes lessons. I traded during the internet bubble of the 1990s. I thought I was rational. I used margin. I blew up my accounts. And so for certain people, a lot of it comes down to the, they have to feel the pain of investing and one thing i didn't mention is one thing is that people tend to be very loss-averse and they're very emotional about their investments but they're especially emotional on the loss side so many times we don't even when we should take a loss we don't take the loss and the loss that's worse until we completely cash out of the investments and unfortunately what that loss aversion does it's related, related related to like regret so once we've gone through the regret many people even after the financial crisis of 2008 I would say probably people who lost a lot of money, the public opinion polls show maybe a third of people never got back into the market. So it's a a real balancing act of people learning from life experience. So even if your parents tell you something about your future, how you should live, getting a job, their experience, do your listeners always listen to them? Probably not. I mean, I was your age. Well, I'm giving advice about investing. There's going to be a cohort of people who are not going to actually listen until they go through the pain of suffering, of losing money. And then hopefully they, they learn that lesson. And, but also, a lot of it is just also seeing a, a financial advisor and, and getting, you know, even myself, I use a tax account. You can these decisions that are complex and getting the advice of experts. Is very helpful as well.
0: In all your time doing research, what has been a piece of information that you found really shocking when you first discovered it?
1: I would just say that the, the people repeat bad behavior even after they go through these traumatic, you know, a, a sub, subset of them. And, and that's why for some of it, um, I, I've, um, I've also take some coursework and what's known as financial therapy. So for a a minority of people, it's not the the financial behaviors aren't just bad biases, it's related to to trauma and other issues that they suffered say in childhood. Even things like hoarding and gambling addiction, those are very, very severe. So, so typically, those may not be related to a money issue during their life. It could be a non-related issue, such as abuse, um, gr- growing up in a, in a tough family, immolating your parents' bad financial decisions, your parents getting a divorce, having stress, and that could cause you to make bad money decisions. So the, the, act of the, the, you know, the decision of money doesn't have to be the central aspect of why you're making bad decisions as well. So that's why many of these decisions are very, very complex. But I think also in behavioral finance, sometimes we do make them a little um, too overwhelming to people even getting a starting point. And that's why I, I emphasize just long term investing, using the time value of money, having a diversified portfolio, uh, us- using dump- something called dollar cost averaging to build your wealth, and you know, and using mutual, mainly mutual funds to get enough or ETFs to, to get enough diversification. There's nothing wrong with selling off with individual stocks, but over time, utilizing I think mutual funds will give you far more diversification uh, within your
0: portfolio.